Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. We are on episode 63, an exciting development in this episode. This is the third episode of my athlete series. Um, The first two guys were awesome people to talk to, obviously. If you haven't listened to those, Matt Frazier, who's the fittest man on earth and a CrossFit champion, and Adam Shank, who's a good friend of mine and a current PGA Tour golfer. The third athlete I was able to get on here in chat with is none other than Antron Brown, who, if you've never heard of that name, um, he is uh, the three-time NHRA Top Fuel Dragster World Champion. He uh, has raced in pro stock motorcycle as well. He's honestly one of the biggest names in drag racing, and I was pumped to have him on. Uh, Antron has a wild story uh, of his upbringing growing up in racing and, you know, getting a shot at going pro. Um, and he's not just a driver. He is also an entrepreneur, a businessman, a family man, and, uh, he's just a really cool guy. Uh, I think you guys are going to love this episode. So, uh, give it up for Antron Brown. Well, thank you so much, Antron Brown, for coming on the podcast today. Um, I'm just going to let you kick it off, if you don't mind, and just give a little background of yourself, just a little intro for the audience, if you don't mind. Well, I'm Antron Brown. Uh, I've been racing. I'm a professional NHRA drag racing racer, a.k.a. the guru. I'm just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, uh, no, I've been drag racing now for, this is my 23rd season in HRA drag racing. Started my career in 98, where I raced 10 years professionally on motorcycles, pro-stock motorcycles. They're basically bikes that go from zero to 61 second. Nice. And uh, we literally went almost 200 miles an hour. They have gone 200 miles an hour now, but when I was racing, we were like mid-190s, high-190s. And uh, now I changed, I switched gears from mirror class in HRA drag racing to top fuel. I've been racing top fuel since 2008 to the present. So just Lots born around the sport, you know, just born around the sport, just love it. And uh, once you get into it, it's just like one of those deals. Once you get in, you're hooked and it never stops. It's always evolving. And I just like to change. You always like working to be better. You're Definitely. not doing the status quo. You're just doing the same things over and over again. Sure. No, that totally makes sense. I, the first question I had, I have to ask you is just, obviously, you know, for my audience, I think some of you probably know, um, you know, my, my background and affiliation with my, my father and NHRA. Um, and I personally, obviously, I've been to a lot of races and a lot of events. Antron, I had to ask you, like, what is it like? going that fast i don't think until people go like people see it online but i've brought plenty of friends to a race until you see how fast you guys go in person i don't think anyone fully comprehends it until it's you know you see it in person so what what is that like going 300 miles an hour plus in a car you you know the hardest thing everybody wants to know is the exact question you asked which is a great question it's not the speed okay is is the way you get there 
You know okay. what I mean? And, and, and that's the best way to explain it. It's like, it's almost like being in a car. Like once you're going, let's say you're in a car and you're cruising at 90 miles an hour. Well, you're doing 90, you can look around and everything just, you're going down the road. Sure, you know what I yeah. mean? But if you got the 90 miles an hour, like, like a click your finger, blink your eye, you're like, whoa, that was stupid fast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what I'm here to tell you is, is that to let people try to understand is that in 500 feet, our car accelerates up to six G's. And what, I mean, and what I mean is, is like anything else you will ever drive or fly, anything on this planet, any kind of vehicle, you kind of take off and it like, you know, and you take off, when you take off, that's when you get the most thrust, like a bam, right? right? Well, this here, we take off like that, but the G meter keeps going up, which it breaks all the laws of physics of what we do. Because normally you, you leave on something, you have the gas, wind up, you drop the clutch in a race car, motorcycle, whatever you race. It'll snap you back. And then once it snaps you back, once the first gear's over with and you shift, the G-meter just constantly goes down. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Our vehicle, when we launch, boom, the G-meter will start up about like three point, I want to say like 3.6, 3.7 Gs. And then we give it more power and more clutch and the G meter will go up from there to like 4.2 G's. Oh, wow. And, and that's around 150 foot mark. Then once we get to the 250 foot mark, we give it some more power and clutch and the G meter goes up to 4.5 G's. Then when we get to right at like 2.98 or three seconds flat, our clutch finally goes one to one. At th like you know, it goes one to one. Okay. At 500 feet, and at three seconds flat. Okay. And when it does that, we pull the six Gs when our car is at right at 300 miles an hour. So oh we God. pull more Gs at 300 mile an hour, like 295, 300 mile an hour, than we did from zero to 100 miles an hour. So it just gets, it gets worse and worse or stronger and stronger, yes. however you want to say it. <laughs> and then finally we go one-to-one, -one, like in the other vehicle, then the G meter starts deselling, coming down. Okay. And that's Got our it. last, that's our last half of the racetrack or last third of the racetrack, I'll call it, because we only go a thousand feet. Right. You know, right. We don't go a full quarter mile. So in, in terms, it's like, it literally hits you and you go, pulls you back, pulls you back more. And if, and then once it goes locks up one-to-one, Boom, and you feel like this thing just kick you in the butt in the back, and, you're, and the car just Whoa. floats because it wants to come off the ground because the only right. thing that's keeping it on the ground are the wings, the way they're positioned, to give it down for us to hold it on the ground. Whoa, that is wild. So when you hit the one-to-one, -one, are you – I mean, at that point, are you just holding on for everything you're worth? Or is it like that point – is it you used to it by now, but at first was that – I, mean, oh, I can't well, imagine. You know what the funny part is? The way these cars do what they do – Shane is like, it never stops. Like, like it doesn't get old. Okay. You get used to it because you know what to expect. Sure. But you sit out for a couple of weeks, you got to do it all over again and learn it all over again. Oh, really? That's, it's oh, a, yeah, yeah, it's not as simple as like riding a bike where you do it, for, do it once and you kind of get the feel down? The best way to explain it, it's like trauma. Like if you've ever been in a car accident, this is okay. controlled car accident trauma is what I call oh, it. Oh, that's so Like wild, it hits Antron. you so hard. But yet it happens so fast yeah. that that when it does it, 
It happens, like you know it's happening fast, but your body sure. goes in that shock where you can see everything in like slow motion. You're like, oh. <laughs> That's great. So when you, once you're moving, like can you do much? I mean, because you're full throttle. Can you control the car much once you're- Oh, you're, you're guiding it. You're, okay. you're like, I mean, if you ever saw in-car camera, yeah. and you can look up on YouTube and look at some of my runs that have an in-car camera, you'll see me turn the wheel back and forth like I'm like I'm turning on a racetrack. Oh, and so really doing, you are doing it? You're driving oh, it that much? Yeah, you're doing everything to keep it straight. What you got to remember is you got 11,000 horsepower, That's and so those crazy. tires, one's always going to get more traction than the other. You follow right. what I mean? Oh, and you see and, that and, when you slow it and, down. Yeah, and, and what you get, the car will twitch, and you're just like, you're just nudging it along to keep it in the groove because it's doing everything but try to go straight. Right. Oh, got it. Okay. I always just wondered if you guys are, you know, at some some level, you're just like eyes closed, like let it rip. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Like, not. So you're doing everything you can, and you're like, all right, where's that finish line? And you're like, you're trying to guide that bad boy to the finish line, and, and then you're like, all right, it shoots, shoots, and you're and done. It shoots, and then the shoots come out. That's like your saving grace because it snags the car back so straight and hard. Yeah. Then you know, you're like, then you're like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Do you get ripped forward then too when the parachute comes out? Oh heck yeah, you do! Man, that is a ride. Heck yeah, you do! Oh, yeah, yes, absolutely. So you gotta feel pretty beat up if you're if you're into like the late weekend, or I would assume. It beats you up. You can see me like crack my neck and my back all the time because you go through adjustments. The chiropractor is your best friend. Oh, I bet. And massage envy <laughs> does you plenty of justice. Trust me. <laughs> that is so funny. And I'm sure, I mean, that's got to go to show. I mean, you guys got to be very physically fit too. I mean, you can't just like hop into a car and not oh, be absolutely. physically fit. There's no way. Absolutely. I, I, I work out. I, I try to stay up on my regimen. You okay. know what I mean? During yeah, race yeah. season, it's hard to stay in regimen but I at least will try to work out at least three times a week. Okay. Doing race season, off season, I'll do some twice a days, and I'll oh, wow. work out for four or five days a week. Okay, got it. And what and kind of workouts do, do you do? Oh, man, I do a lot of interval training. It's my yeah. favorite interval circuit training. I'm not into the CrossFit stuff. That stuff beats you up pretty bad. Yeah, I can. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I really have a lot of respect for those guys and gals because they're they're monsters. But my circuit training is kind of like that. You know what I mean? Where oh, definitely, I yeah. Do, I just do lighter weights right. with a lot more repetition. Got it. Okay. I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do more endurance training, I want to call it, and interval training where I keep the heart rate up a whole bunch right. and I don't stop. Yeah, so if I sense. work out for 45 minutes, I don't have too many breaks. It's like it'll be like 45 seconds on, like – 15 seconds off and that's a switch okay. to a different exercise. Got it. Yeah, you're doing you know some like Tabata I mean? training type stuff. Yeah, so you just yeah. keep the heart rate, keep going. And that's the main thing for me is because I'm constantly on the go. And I don't want right. to build. Like I got muscles and I'm and I'm cut up, but I don't want to be bulky like a bodybuilder. And that'll probably and yeah, that'll I, probably be worse for you in the car, right? Because it's tight. Well, it's more it's more weight. Yeah. You know, right. muscle weighs more than fat. Muscle right. <laughs> weighs more than anything. Sure. So I want us to be lean and cut. But I yet want to be flexible and limber. Right. Okay, that makes sense. And because you guys are going, like your times are so tight. I mean, I'm sure like you, if you gain 10, 15 pounds or something, that would be, that could be actually a big difference in the weight of the car. Well, it is because in our sport, car and driver have to weigh a combined weight to a minimum. You can weigh more, but the more you weigh is a disadvantage. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's like kind of a somebody, science. Like, 
It's like us racing a wheelbarrow. I yeah. give you a wheelbarrow that's got 100 pounds in it, and I got a wheelbarrow that has 50 pounds in it. Who's going to have the advantage? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay. No, that totally makes sense. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Antron. I mean, I, so that was my first question. I had to just get that out of the way because I've always wanted to ask, ask a driver that because that seems like the, the craziest part of your, your career is just trying to get behind a, a vehicle that can go 300 plus miles an hour. Um, I was obviously doing some, some research on you and in, in your childhood, the first thing that popped out to me was that you've been around racing for a really long time. It sounded like your grandfather was in racing. Your dad was in the sportsman series of NHRA. So it's been a part of your life for a really long time. And when I wanted to have you on the podcast, this athlete series, I've been trying to really dive into just how you became you know, a race car driver as a career and like your thought process and just like the process in general of getting to that. And so my next question was going to be around, um, you know, how early on, I know you were a fan of drag racing early on, but how early on did you really think becoming a professional NHRA or just race car driver in general um, was in your future? I, I didn't. It was, it was a dream to be honest with you. It was like a, one of those deals where he's like, man, if I could just do this, or if I could do that. And I uh, always wanted to be out there in NHRA on the pro level because I loved everything about the sport. Yeah, okay. Just the, the openness, the, like, you know, the pits are wide open to all the fans. That's how I was able to see myself there one day. Uh, and also just, it's just, you get to work on the technology of tomorrow. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what oh, yeah. a lot of people don't understand is that you see all these new cars are out on the street today. They got Ford's got Echo Boost, uh, Toyota. You know what I mean? They they got turbos. You get what I mean? And then yeah. you got yeah. all the manufacturers got or like Chevy's got superchargers. You got all these manufacturers that got all these in like performance inhibitors because you can run them and it actually makes the car actually be more efficient fuel wise uh -huh. and everything. So the funniest part is people go, man, I just got a superset. Well, we've been running superchargers on nitro cars since the 70s and 60s. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I mean? right, right, right. You know I mean? Sometimes they start running, off with you guys. Yes, we've been running turbos on street bikes since like the early 90s. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been, I mean, you look at all the stuff, it's just like racing. Indy cars have been running turbos since the late 70s and 80s before they went to all aspirants. Oh, that's cool. So all this stuff that you see in today's world is from motorsports. And I think that's what really, really took my interest and made me dive into it. You know what okay. I mean? Because yeah. I'm not the type of person who want to do the same thing over and over again. I want to, I like to work and make things better. And sometimes you always don't get better. Sure. You take a step <laughs> back. You might take five steps back to take a half step forward. Sure. But yeah. That makes sense. That, but it's the, it's the learning curve that I, I think is that learning curve that intrigues me and that drives me because I'm always constantly working to be better. And drag racing, you know, since I was young, I saw my dad, uncle, my grandpa, what they did. And it was about putting the work in. Even our family business, we had our own excavating and septic tank business. We installed them, excavated stuff, and then we serviced the septic tanks. We pumped them out and everything. That was our main line of work. Wow. And uh and when I grew up, that was one thing that my grandpa instilled in all of us. He goes, You can have anything you want in this world. All you gotta do is put that work in, son. And, yeah. And uh and 
I remember being around drag racing. My dad took me to the racetrack and go, dad, people get paid to do this. <laughs> he goes, he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, why can't I get paid? And he goes, well, you can son. You know, this has always been a dream of me and your uncles. And I'm like, and, and that just stuck with me. I was like, well, how do you get there? Well, first I learned how to put myself out and around it. Okay. And once you put yourself out and around it, you'll get opportunity. But then it comes the hard part. You got to be prepared to take that opportunity. Ah, that's a key part that we don't talk about enough probably. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yes. So because your dad, your dad and uncle were racing in the sportsman division, right? Yeah, they just did the normal bracket racing stuff, okay. uh, super gas, super comp, and then like – just bracket racing where you could just dial what you want to dial, which they call sportsman racing. And uh, they were doing that before I was even born. You know what okay. I mean? So, so and for I, people I, I that grew, don't know a lot about that, can you give, what is that? Is that like entry level into drag well, racing? It's not, I wouldn't even call it entry level, but it's the way you can enter drag racing because there's a lot of people that make a living from sportsman racing. Oh, okay. They got like million dollar win races. In oh, really? Racing. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, they got the big million. I mean, Trust me, people make a living off of bracket racing. And what it is, this is the best way to explain to people. It's not heads-up racing. It's not the type of racing where the first one to the finish line always doesn't win, okay? okay. So what it is is you get to, like, just say, let's just say me and you were in a foot race. Let's put it in normal terms that people can understand, everybody can understand. I say, I can run 100 yards or 100 meters in 10 seconds flat. And say, you ran 100 meters in nine seconds flat. Okay. Okay. So what will happen is in bracket racing, the way we do a race is, well, I'll dial in at 10 seconds. You dial in at nine seconds. So what it'll give me, they'll give me a one second head start. Oh, got it. Okay. So I'll get a one second head start, take off. And then when your light comes on, you take off. And the only way you can beat me is by the way, for your your you have to run dead on without going under nine seconds. Oh. Like you can go slower, but you can't go under. If you go under nine, like if you ran an eight nine nine, I win because you ran faster than your dial in. Whoa. Okay. okay. And, and then for me, I gotta run ten seconds. If I run nine ninety nine, I lose because I ran under. Got so the trick it. is, and the, and the only way we beat each other is how close you run to your dial and how quick you re you react off the tree coming down without a false start. Oh, well, that's okay. actually pretty complicated. You get what I mean? Cause what yeah. happens is you have a false start. What about if you just take off? If you take off before the trees activated, it's a false start. Like you took off before the gun went off. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Okay. So the gun goes off. I take off. Then your gun goes off. Then you take off. Well, my reaction time will be posted up on the board. I had like, I reacted within 50 thousandths of a second, like 500, I, got, I reacted like a 500 to the light going off. And then say so you reacted 200 of the light going off. So you reacted better than I did. Okay. You will beat me to the finish line. If you ran on a dial, I ran on my dial and you will beat me because your reaction time. Right. So, okay. So it's like two so, parts. Exactly. It's two parts. You can't break out your dial and you want to be quicker off reaction time without false starting. Right. And that's how you win a bracket race or a sportsman race. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was so that like your first and that was that was that the first kind of like taste you got for all of this then? Oh, Walking absolutely. I watched my dad and uncle and that's just a way to keep parity. 
yeah. where you can you could you can come out and drag race and bracket race a station wagon and that costs you five hundred bucks and I could drag race my hundred thousand dollar dragster. Got you it, get what yeah. I'm saying? It don't make a difference. It's like you gotta dial in and race and you can race for big money, but then everybody can race each other. Yeah, right. Okay. You can that have makes sense. A thousand cars race like in the million have a thousand cars race for a million dollars. Oh wow, cool. And that means yeah, that means all stretches of life, different levels yes. of people can come in. Don't make a difference. The most consistent package and the quickest lever on a tree is what wins. Love it. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I didn't realize that's how that worked. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So you got a taste of that early on, and then you you actually started drag racing pretty early on yourself, right? When did you start? How old were you? Well, I started drag racing. I didn't start drag racing, honestly. Like, I drag raced when I was probably about 17 years old, 18 yeah, when I got okay. my driver's license, down a drag strip on motorcycles. Yeah, motorcycles first, right? Now on cars. I didn't, I didn't never drag race cars at yeah. all. That's the funny part. And my dad and uncle dad never drove one of their race cars to this day. Not one time. Really? No, oh, that's not funny. at all. And then, uh, and then what happened was, is, um, uh, before that, when I was four years old, I started racing motorcycles and I was racing motocross. Right. Since motocross. I was like, like racing the hardcore since I was 12, but racing here and there when I was younger, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you were doing more like motocross courses and, and that type of racing when you were a kid? Yes. Oh, yes. got it. Okay. So you kind of had yeah. a, you had a more of a fascination early on too with motorcycles then. Yes, I did. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then well, they, didn't, they didn't have junior dragsters when I was a kid. Like my kids raced junior dragsters. Right. That didn't come out until I was like 20 years old. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. So that's newer too. I didn't, I didn't realize that as well. Okay. So you're doing, you're doing motorcycle racing, like uh, motocross racing. And then I know you ended up going to get your associate's degree and you ran track and field, right? So you actually like left high school, graduated, go to college. Um, yes. And then at, at that point, you have a chance to go full ride to university, if I'm correct, from reading your bio. Yeah, I could I could have went to a lot of different colleges to run track because uh, I was a I was a decent athlete in high school. Okay, I played uh, like you know I ran track, played basketball, played football, and uh, I also played soccer when I was a freshman and and sophomore. When I was a sophomore, I actually played on the varsity team in soccer. Freshman, oh, okay. I played on J freshman. I played on JV and sat the bench for varsity, and I played varsity my sophomore year. Oh wow! Okay. So, so uh, I I loved it. You know what I mean? It, I was uh, that's what I always loved to do, and and how I played, and then and I was fast. I was fast at running. That's where okay. it boils down to. So, I went it's to always college. Always fast, Antron. <laughs> you know, well, this is what I always enjoyed to do, and I didn't have plans going to college at first. Like I was like, I wanted to really figure out what I wanted to do. Okay. And I wanted to be, I wanted to be in, into racing. So, so I was racing to... motocross cross at a serious level and I got hurt real bad. And that's what made me decide to go to college. Oh, okay. So we had like an accident in a race or what happened? Yeah, I had an accident actually uh, uh, testing and practicing to go to uh, the, like, you know, one of the already made, already finished and placed in the district qualifier but it goes to the regional qualifier to go to Loretta Lynn's. Oh, wow. And just you got a bad accident? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, okay. Just, and messed my shoulder up pretty bad. And then that's when I said, you know what? My mom says, you need to think about doing, like, going to college or decide what you want to do. She said, because she goes like, 
unless you want to work at the family business your whole life. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no, not for you. <laughs> no, not, so you, it seems like early life. on you, you knew you wanted to do something athletic career wise though. It sounds like you didn't have a passion yeah. to like go to college and get a degree in something behind a desk. Well, I did always want to go to college and get a marketing and business degree. I always had okay. that in my foresight to do that. And actually I already had like, I was certified to be an accountant. You oh, know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. so I already took the test out of high school for that. You know what I mean? Because oh, it is really? I had, I had some college classes in high school that got me college credits. And right. I actually took the test to be in a pastor for this, to be a CPA accountant. Oh, okay. So, so I already had that coming out of high school. You know what I mean? I did. Oh, wow. So you, so, you could have so, gone down that route pretty easily if you wanted to. Absolutely. But the thing about it was, is that I'm not a person that can sit at a desk and stand still all day long. And that's got why it. I figured it out. You know what I mean? I was yeah. always good in math, very good in math. Um, like I had up the calculus too. So like I could do all the different stuff. And I said, well, maybe I'll go into engineering. Yeah. No, not me. Like, like, like I like it designing stuff, right. but I'm more of a hands-on action person. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's one of those deals where I, I can't sit still. I'm always constantly doing something. So got it. So, yeah. You don't like to sit around at all. You're like on the move all the time. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what I decided to do. So I decided to go, all right, well, I went, when I went to school, I went to a junior college, which is like a community college called Mercer, Mercer in New Jersey. Okay. And but yep. they're a D1 junior college. Got it. So what they do is a lot of people will go to that college if they didn't have good grades or something like that or whatever, or didn't take their SATs or ACTs and they'll go to that college, go for two years. And it was a transfer school to all the big universities around New Jersey, Philadelphia, and New York. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean, cause you go to yeah. Syracuse, you go to Penn state, you can go to temple, Villanova. Yeah. There's a lot there. Uh, Hall. You could have went to new or university of Maryland. It was a direct relation to a lot of colleges like that. Mm-hmm. And, so we always had a lot of people that came from Jamaica or Trinidad will come to this school. And a lot of those guys played soccer or girls played soccer at this college because they were a championship soccer team and they had a championship track team. Oh, wow. And, and in basketball too. So, so I went there, so I'm going to track team. It'd be good for me to do some. And I didn't realize I'm like, well, these cats probably can run because you can go have <laughs> some people from Trinidad, Jamaica, and these cats coming here so they can get through so they can go to, the last two years in a four year, like in a big school. Yeah, right, you know I mean? right. Like, but I went out there, and all behold, I end up getting a scholarship. Wow. And I ended up being the fastest kid on the track team because I had to tell, I did finish like in the top three of my state three years in a row in the 100 meters. So it wasn't oh, like damn. I was a slow kid. Yeah, so, okay. So, so I, I, was, I was pretty fast. Again, bad, the, for sprinting, I mean? not again, you said there's something with you and going fast and a short distance i don't know what it is <laughs> short and quick no long distance brother ain't, ain't no cross country here <laughs> you know what you're good at man you know what you're good at that's great so then, so then training 45 seconds on 15 right seconds i was gonna say on. it's very you're very See consistent antron <laughs> so you do that and then you have the opportunity to go to a four-year university but then you, this is where you got your moment right this is what you're talking about at the beginning kind of having the chance to hop on your dream um you have a if, correct me if i'm wrong but troy vincent who was your cousin's husband wanted yes. to start a team and you got the call to potentially be the driver 
Yes. Troy was a need for speed. That's when he played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, yes. He started out, he started out in Miami, the college for Wisconsin. And honestly, it's so funny. He's actually he's actually the v, the senior vice president of NFL right now under Roger. Oh, Bell. is he really? Yeah, Troy is. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, remember so, him in his Philly days for sure. Yes, I remember. Him, I lived man. actually. My we lived in Philadelphia when he was on the Eagles. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. that was the Bobby Taylor, Troy Vincent cornerback attack days, yeah. baby. With yeah, Brian Dawkins as a free safety. That's right. That's right. Yes, it was. You know. Oh and, yeah, those uh, were like, good years for them. Donovan McNabb. They had it all, man. They should have finished it, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but uh, but the funniest part is, is that Troy had a need for speed. And he loved racing, and he, he had a street bike fetish craze. He loved, okay. street, loved street bikes. And uh, so he started it, and he tells me, he goes, he goes, I'm thinking about doing this team, and Tommy told me about you, and I know you race motocross and all that stuff, and nobody knows who you are. I think you'd be perfect for it, and you're young, and you're moldable. He wanted somebody that was moldable okay. that he can actually – develop into a true professional and I was so blessed to have Troy there because he was my mentor and he's really really got me right and actually let me let me forward wow. you know what I mean and yeah I, yeah yeah and I really appreciate everything he has done for me over my course of my career and uh and then when he owned a team I raced one for two years then he was like here I gotta focus on my career this is yours, and this is how much you're going to pay me a month to own this team. And if you can't, I'm just going to sell everything. So it's like he threw me to the wolves. I was oh, like, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't realize he got Lord. out that fast. It was I'm two like, years. Lord. Yeah, I'm like, Lord. I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> but, but you know what? It made me grow up, and we made it happen. We made yeah. the ends And I met a few different people. Uh, I started talking, had some really good people that supported us, and – and here I am today from that, man. It's just like sometimes you, you know, I had a great mentor, but it was time for me to, to make and pave my own way. And, yeah. And I thank Troy every day for that because that's what turned me from a young man to a man. Sure. Oh, that makes sense. And you got adversity at your back, right? Because you, and you did that for 10 years, right? I know you, you bounced around. So you, I don't, how did that work when you like, did you, did you become the owner of his? Yeah, I became the owner of the team. Me and my crew chief, I made him a partner with me, Mark Pizer okay. at the time. Me and became partners, and then we worked at it, and we made it. We we had some sponsorship money coming in from different entities, and we just kept on growing it and growing it and making it happen. Wow, that's really cool. What was it like that early on in your career, going from collegiate athlete to professional racer, and then two years into that, owning a team? Like, was that kind of like a kind of the same thing yeah. as going down the track in three seconds? Was that like let, zero let, to one hundred? So. It was a rush. <laughs> But the thing about it is you're talking about getting backed in the corner because I became the boss of people that were way older than me. Yeah. And then I, it was just more than that. It was, I went from like just riding the bike and working on it to running all the financials to writing all the checks out, paying all the bills, coming up with the budgets, the strategy, oh, wow. how to go forward. How do we keep going? And then literally like, able to budget and figure out what it takes to do it for a whole year. Cause a lot of people wow. realize all the small expenditures that they don't ever calculate in. Oh, I'm sure. You know I mean? Like, like if the DOT to keep the truck on the road, Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? Paying, paying like, you know, when you pay an employee, you got to play like, you know, you got the, you got like, you know, 
unemployment tax and yep. you gotta pay the wages tax. Even though they take taxes out of their paycheck, the employer's gotta pay tax too. You know what I mean? So it's all the little things that go in, man, and 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 figure out how to make that work and what, what bill to pay right now. Which one do we pay now? Which one can we pay a little later? It's like wow. all that yeah. stuff goes in hand to keep cash flow right. And that was a lot to take on. And then you have people come to work with bad attitudes because their wife kicked them out the house or, or they're not getting along with their wife. They come to work with a bad attitude. And I'm 23 years old. Don't even have a wife yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, so it's like, it was, it was hard to like, understand like, all right, well now you gotta be like, you gotta be a therapist and listen to what goes on and, sure. and, and be there to listen and give good advice and get the most out your employees is like, you gotta be understanding, but yet you gotta make it a good work environment. So they thrive so you can get more work out of them. So you could be more efficient and your, and your business could be better. Right. So, it, it all goes hand in hand, you know? Oh yeah. That's wild. Was there any like major things you learned during that process that you'd share with anybody who's, you know, doing something similar? I mean, that's got There's gotta be some major takeaways early on that you, you learned or you had the mistake of going through. Well, what I'll always tell people for one thing is, is that, you know, with more reward is always more risk uh -huh. with more responsibility. Okay. And as long as they understand that going in and they got to be prepared to sacrifice, that's it. I tell like sacrifice is key to anything or being great or being good or succeeding or being whatever your level of success is. Sure. Successful is not being a millionaire. Success is not being wealthy or being like a Bill Gates. You know what I mean? Success is where you're happy at in life. Yeah, I love that. You get what I mean? Yep. That's success. Okay. Because I know a lot of people that got a lot of money that are very, very miserable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm sure. You know what you I mean? You hear that a but, lot. You know, you, you got to gauge what you want your success level to be. And once you do, then you got to go, all right, how do I get there? Okay. Well, it's a lot of sacrifice. Like for me, you know, I didn't even own my own house or rent an apartment. And I was already making that sacrifice on that race team when we took it over because the money it costs were, I lived at the shop. Oh, wow. Or, really? or, stay, or, or stay with my girlfriend at the time, which was my wife. Oh, she wow. She had a, like a studio apartment over top of her barn at her mom's house down in Louisiana. So I moved down there to stay there. You know what I mean? Just trying yeah, to make ends meet. No, I get it. You're hustling. But, but that's what you have to do. And the thing about it is, is that, and it always didn't go right. Okay. Did I make wrong decisions or wrong choices? Yes, I did. And what it caused me to do, it caused me to research it more. Ah, yeah. And right. what I started learning was is not just to shoot from the hip. It's like, okay, let me pause. Let me research this a little bit more. Let me get more information on it. And then I can make a better in-depth decision and say jumping on it and doing something four times instead of doing it the right way one time. That right. might cost me a little bit more money. I learned that real fast. <laughs> oh, this is cheaper. Let's just get that. Well, hold up. It's cheaper. But whoa, like, like. That's bad. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. now I got to buy it twice. Right. You know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. For sure. Now I got to buy it twice. Yeah. No, I I'm, mean, that's a, that's a big one. I'm sure. Right. It's quality sometimes, even though if it's, it might be the more expensive decision, I'm sure. Did yes. you, um, so you, you, you take over the team and then how many seasons did you, you and your partner run that team for 
I guess it was two years in, and then how many years did you run it like that? We ran a team like that for two years, two, I'll say two years like that. Okay. Afterwards, because then I landed, uh, we landed with my, I brought a teammate on at the time named Angel, which is my wife's cousin. Okay. And we raced with each other. And then when we took it on, uh, we literally got a sponsorship with the U.S. Army. But the only way we could accept the sponsorship, it had to go through Don Schumacher Racing. Ah, because okay. he had exclusivity on the Army contract, even though the Army just wanted our bike team. Got so, it. Oh, wow. So with that being said, it was uh, – so we ended up – he ended up owning the team, and then we raced for him, but we ran the team. Oh, got it. Okay. So that's how you kind of got linked in with DSR yes. then at that point. Okay. Yes. So and then you you were very successful in um on in the motorcycle side of drag racing and then after ten seasons you decided to switch to top fuel. Can you kind of walk through what that process was like and why you decided to then go from a successful career on the motorcycle side to top fuel? Well, this is one thing. Like when I first became the professional racer in pro side bike, I was like I was already happy. Where I was like I made it. Yeah, I made it. But when I talked to you, the key term was the U.S. Army. Okay. And when I was with the U.S. Army on that pro stock motorcycle team, I was on with the U.S. Army for six years. Okay. So six years racing with the U.S. Army, I went through basic training, and it changed my whole mind process. You went through actual Army basic yes. training? Did yes. you really? Yes, I did. Like yes, you I chose did. to do that, or that was something they wanted well, you to do? there was a deal that they put in there. We weren't in there for the, like, for the full like, nine weeks. Yeah. But we were in there for like, we were in there for, I was there for about seven days and he puts with a different group of people. So our first two wow. days at the 7-0, this was a kicker. We got off the bus with fresh recruits and they didn't know that we were guests visiting. <laughs> so we got the full blown basic training off the bus the first two days of wow. basic training. What like was we that like? Really, brother, it was eye opening experience, Shane. It was. It was, I loved it because it was challenging. Yeah. And I was in shape. I was in like, I was fresh out of college, not fresh out of college, but I was still in really, really good shape. For sure. And, uh, and for me, that was like right up my alley. You know what I okay. mean? Okay. So, yeah. Wake me up in the morning, two mile run. I could jog two miles. That ain't no problem. Yeah. Walk, walk five miles. I could walk 10. I could walk 20. Shoot that. You know what I mean? Backpacks. You know what Let's I mean? Let's do it. Yeah. Push ups. Shoot, I can do hundreds of push ups. That ain't no biggie. Yeah. So, so I was good. And then, uh, <clears throat> but the funniest part of it was, is that what it taught me was, is that I saw people that came in that had no confidence in their self. Ah, yes. And there were people that would settle in life. And these guys and girls were there running like a chicken with their head cut off. And then didn't know how to lean on one another, didn't believe in their self. And they wanted to quit. Really? And they're like, I'm not, and the guy goes, I ain't going to make it through this, man. He goes, I can't do, I can't do push-ups for, for two minutes straight. I can't, I ain't going to make that. I can't even make two miles. Like you hear people talking. Okay. They're already talking themselves out of like how they, they need to get through because they need this for a job. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. And, I, and, and then, and then I went with a group of people that were there for three weeks. You start hearing them helping themselves. Where they're like, man, you got this. You got this. Hey, girl, you're going to get through this. You got this. Blah, 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 blah. And then they're pushing each other. 
and the drill sergeant wasn't motivated no more like to do the first two weeks. Okay. Third, you're telling them that you ain't gonna make it. Right. You, right. Are, you ain't worth. You ain't worth. You know what? You ain't gonna <laughs> make anything. And the drill sergeant is telling them this stuff, and they're like, "Just yes, we are. Yes, we will, drill sergeant. You ain't gonna make it. Yes, we will, drill sergeant, sir." And like the year I'm talking about, like it just that, changes. Too, yeah. And their whole mindset changed. And then when I learned from it, the whole thing was, the moral of this story was, is that I learned that a lot of people sell in life. And yes. what the basic training did, it taught them not to settle, for them to rise above and become the best version of their self that they can be. Oh, I love that. And, and that's not letting resistance slow them down. It's about, you're going to get resistance but the way you beat it is through persistence. Got you it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that's what I took from it. And then I had a deep look at myself. I'm like, I'm happy that I'm here. But I go, my dream was always to race a fuel car. Because I never even thought that I could even make it there. Because I don't come. My last name wasn't Bernstein. My last name wasn't Force. Yeah. My, dad, like, my family doesn't come from a nitro heritage. My sure. last name wasn't Schumacher. You know what I mean? My my family didn't have money to make me here to get yeah, me there. Right. So I'm like, how do I get there? So then I said, you know what? Put yourself around it, get the opportunity, and be ready to, to jump on it and prepare myself. And I start letting people know. Start telling people. It took me five years from then to actually get a, a chance to drive one, but I stayed after it and I never stopped. Oh, that's awesome. Now, so you just kind of, you, you just got that you, it was kind of a click moment in your head where you were like, I got to start yes. talking about it. I got to start pushing for it. And then you just yes. were persistent. That basic training changed my whole throat. My whole oh, that's thought. wild. Yes. That's really cool. I didn't even know you could do that. That's really cool. So yes. that just changed your whole thing. So then you're, you're pushing to be a top fuel dragster racer. And yes. did you, you're already in the Schumacher organization at this point, right? So yes. were you just kind of bugging Don Schumacher a lot, always giving it, wanting him a chance to, to drive or how did that part work? How'd you finally I, get I a did, shot? But I, I, I was all the time and I was talking to all the crew chiefs, but at the time Don didn't have no open seats and was nobody retiring anytime okay. soon. Sure. Okay. So David Powers actually had a seat open and he actually reached out to me prior to that year about just saying, you, you really want to raise a top field car through Lee Beard who was a crew chief that used to work at DSR. Okay. And Lee was my end. He was a general manager of David Powers Racing. And I said, Lee, this is what I want to do. He goes, Tron, you really want to do that? I go, yes, that's, that's where I want to be. And uh, that's what I want to do. He goes, okay, all right. He goes, I think you'll be great at this. And Lee had a knack of finding talent. Okay. A, a really good knack. And he got me in that car, man. And we fought off when we won two races that year and everything else. And it was just amazing. It was amazing. And uh, and the rest was history, man. And I got so in there. Cool, and, Antron. And, uh, and I never thought that I'd be able to make it happen. And David Powers gave me that chance. And Mac Tools are my current spots that I've been with for, for the full 13 years of me racing top wow. field. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you guys were so successful too. Like even I was looking through your, the seasons and jumping in. I mean, you guys, you kind of hit the ground running. It was almost like it was meant to be. You just started winning races. You were winning events. You were on won three world championships. And then in 2015, I also saw you, you were the first person to break the 3.7 second run record 
So, I mean, yes. you were just on fire, it sounds like. Man, well, it's, it's credit to the team that, I'm, that I had. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I had the best team in the business to this day with Brian Karate, Mark Oswald, Brad Mason, and all of our Mac cool boys, all the crew guys. And, and, and they all know who they are. And we have a phenomenal team. And we have that team back intact right now. We actually just all. Oh, yeah. That's what I read. And, that's uh, exciting. Are you pumped for that? I'm very excited. It's just time now. We just got to put the work in yeah. and, and get the clicking and, and, and get back our synergy back. And we're going to be off and running again. And it's just only a matter of time. And, and everybody knows it. Everybody yeah. knows it. So, <laughs> so, but I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when you communicate with people without even talking, just by the way you look and your expressions, that's when you got something special. And, oh, I and that's bet, man. And that's the type of team that we have. That's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, to kind of, to be on brand with what you've been saying this whole time we've been talking, um, not settling for where you're at the next thing, obviously that you have tons of accolades and you've had tons of success, but then the, some of the more recent news that I wanted to jump into next with, uh, you know, the amount of time we got left is, uh, now your next stage. And I'm assuming you weren't, you weren't going to just sit and just race top fuel dragsters for the rest of your career. So now you're actually starting your own team, which is, crazy exciting and would you mind talking a little bit about that and how that was that always something in the back of your head you wanted to do or is that just like the next thing that's been unlocked in your head is like getting above and better and better this is i mean that's what i always wanted from uh day one when i was actually my Raymond pro cycle motorcycle team because the new unique thing of it is is that i'm not going to be able to sit behind a driver wheel my whole life right ain't gonna happen you know what i mean so and excuse me there and um i have the knack just for i want to be the one that goes out there and pick the drivers of tomorrow love that that's cool find find the person who has that has that eye the tiger in their eye Mm -hmm. is willing to put the extra effort in who's willing not to settle who constantly wants to work and and there's lots of them out there that don't get that opportunity and for me, I had to fight and claw and be at the right spot at the right time where I want to make it where I want to grow our sport. You know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and, and at the end of the day, the John Force, the Connie Coletta, the Don Schumacher, they're getting up there in age. They're not going to be around forever. Right. Yeah. It's a good point. You know, so who's the next in the line? Who else is going to carry the torch? If something happens to this, does, does everything just fall apart? You know yeah. what I mean? Right. That's, that, and that's, and I think that's one thing that's a negative of the monster teams. When you have a lot of team owners, when they get older and they got these monster teams, how do they keep going on after something happens to them? Yeah, that's a really good point. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know sure. what I mean? So, yeah. so for me in general, and besides the point, I'm just at the point in my life and in my career where I want to start making decisions. I, I, want to, I think the next challenge for me is how you manage the people. Yeah. How do you – build the team how do you build the infrastructure how do you spread it out or you know i mean everybody wants to run their business a different way and and do i ever want to be as big as a don schumacher racing probably not no no i mean i i couldn't see having having uh eight race teams or six race teams me i mean if i had two race teams that'd be awesome because okay. I'm more of a person. You're, you're guy. saying that until you get two, and then you're going to well, be like, ah, I well, got to go bigger. <laughs> well, no, well, if you get four, I mean, honestly, if I have four, 
will be the biggest I ever wanted to be. Okay. Like two in each class, like two funny cars or like, you know, two dragsters. Yeah. And maybe like two pro stock motorcycles. I like to have a motorcycle team too. Yeah, that'd be cool. Right? I like yeah. to manage one of those. That would be awesome to do. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So you have a lot of room ahead. That's exciting. And so is that is that transition from uh, basically a subsidiary of of DSR to AB, AB, AB Motorsports, excuse me? Is that over a couple of years or what's that transition time look like? Well, the thing about it is my transition was going to be a lot faster uh, until COVID-19 happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? So COVID-19 hit, it definitely changed a lot of things. You know what I mean? So sure. right now we'll we'll get through the inner part of this year. I really was shooting for 20, like 2021 was okay. going to be like a start where I just break off. But uh, I'm hoping we'll see what the future holds and we see what this all season does and what our next race season does next year. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. I know you guys are trying to finish the season and get through it. So I'm sure that's the main focus right now. It is. It is. But I still have my dream back there. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm halfway there now. So it's like, it's definitely going to be a transition. You know what I mean? Right. But for but, sure. Uh, that's definitely where I want to be at. No, that's awesome, Antron. Um, one of my last career type questions was, you know, I know this is the next big thing for you is starting your own team. Are there any other business endeavors that you're trying to add to kind of your cap as far as, you know, career and, and, and wealth creation? Like, are you into investing or do you have any other side businesses? I was just curious if, that's, if there's anything else well, in your. I have a, I have a person that invests and okay. does all my, does some other stuff like, uh, like financial stuff and stuff like that. But yeah. I always, I always myself wanted to play in the stock market. You know oh, really? I mean? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I always wanted to look in there and some different investments to go into. But like what I call play money. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? So learn it where it doesn't hurt my feelings if it goes down because I got time, let it come back up. Exactly. Because I know how the market works. It's like, it's like a way it goes up, comes yeah. down. But it always usually you know comes I mean? back up. Yep. It's going to come back up. You know right. what I mean? Unless you hit a rock. Yeah, being a rock, you might you might tear you up, but <laughs> you gotta be careful. But you deal with some normalcy stuff, but and I watch it all the time, and and uh, I I got an IRA, and then I got okay. a play a play around IRA fund where I'll move some money around here or there, okay. and then I also I also have a a deal where I'm actually in a Russell fund. Oh, very cool. You know okay. what I mean? So yeah. So my guy put me in a Russell fund, which was one of the best things because. Like this year is, of course, is, is not a year to look at, but the last two years, man, my Russell fund, was, like the money he's put in my Russell fund, the way he moved it all around, they got yeah. together where, well, I like nice about the Russell fund, what he explained to me is that it's a big umbrella, but you could trade inside of it and change things around without fees. Oh, nice. But, there you go. But you have to have a, a chunk of money in there to be at, to get into that fund. Right. It's not like sure. one of those funds you get in it with five grand yeah. or 10 grand. You, you got to put a little, you got, you got, you got to put some, you got to put some put change paper behind it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to put, put a little ching ching behind it. <laughs> but it pays well because I was like semi-aggressive. Okay. And those last two years, like the year before I made like almost like 17% return. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Especially in previous yes. years. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I ain't talking about, I ain't talking about 20. Yeah, sure. I'm talking about in 2019 and 18. They were like good years until yeah. this whole epidemic hit. You know well, I mean? that's awesome. So you are you do have to do some investing and you're diversified in that way. That's fantastic. Is that, That's cool. So that's something you keep an eye on. That's something you, uh, 
Is that something that you pay attention to daily? I don't pay attention to it daily. Like I'll get a phone call from my broker every okay. once in a while. And then another thing, and also I have universal life policies too, life insurance uh, policies okay. on everybody in my family too. Got it. So they make, so they make money. Yeah. And then they actually like my, like my wife's has been paid off for a while where it's oh, very cool. making money where we can retire off of that too, a little bit too. Yeah. Retirement money. Right. Oh, that's because awesome. As you get older, you ain't going to need it. You know yeah, what that right. means? <laughs> that's the hope, right? Exactly. You know what that means? So, yeah. It's so more of an insurance plan. And I start all the ones for my kids when they were born. Oh, cool. So, so the cool part is they got like $250,000 life insurance policies, but now they've made enough money where they're worth way more than that now. Right. You know oh, mean? that's awesome. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, I, mean so, I feel like those are key when you have kids. That's like a big one to start yeah. off right away. But if you start that off in a universal policy, now we just, my daughter is 18 now. Yeah. So we're able to turn hers over to her now. Oh, cool. I'm sure that you was exciting. I mean? Because her policy's paid off. So she can actually take it. And she when she has a family, she could transfer that to her kids. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, oh, that's exciting. So you guys have done well. That's fantastic. And you got a good uh, diversification of your, of your wealth, which is exciting. That's cool to know, have. We can always use more. I know, right? You know, and I know. <laughs> See, it's that mindset too. That's great. You know, you always got to keep pushing and getting more. I totally agree. Um, the last few questions I had for you, Antron, are really questions that I love to ask, you know, everyone I have on here, especially for athletes and, and entrepreneurs like yourself. Um, do you have at least, you know, either a, a book, podcast, or source of knowledge that you like to tell people about or share or gift that you would like recommend? Man, you know, I have a, I read, I read a lot on, like on my iPad a lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the main thing that, like the book that I like to share with everybody and, and, and think about it is dear to me because it has life lessons. It's like at the end of the day, I read the Bible a lot Love and it. I read it over and over and over and doesn't act like, I mean, like, you know, different chapters, different verses. Okay. And different, and I, I go through different books and different stuff like that. And Revelations is one of my favorite ones. And, and I'll go through Psalms, teach you to teach you different ways to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so the coolest part is, is that what the Bible does for me is, is that I'm constantly growing and learning, but it's okay. so bizarre in my mind, how you can read the old stories in the old Testament of the Bible and it's so relevant to today. Oh, got it. Okay. To today. Yeah. You'll read things like you'll think about something that's going on in your life right now. Yeah. And you'll read a story from the book in the Old Testament, the Bible, and somebody went through it 2,000 years ago. Doesn't change, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like a, con- that's change. wild. Yeah. 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 But you can learn from their mistakes so you don't make the same mistakes. That's and that's what history is all about. Yeah, that's what right. History is exactly. All about. It's like learning. If you can learn from somebody else's mistake, so you don't create the same mistake. Hell yeah! It puts you that much more farther forward. A hundred percent. That makes so much sense. Do you have yeah. a certain? Do you have a certain uh, like version of the Bible you recommend? Man, I, man, whatever version that's easy for you to understand. Love you know it. what I there mean? We go. Yeah. Like for me, I just use the King James all the time, but it, it speaks in that Tao language. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but I mean, NIV is fine. NIV is easy, simple, laid in. You know what I mean? It's like stand, like or a standard American. I mean, 
they're, they're, they all say the same thing, but different ways. And, right, yeah. and I always encourage people all the time is to read the Bible and build that relationship on your own. Okay. Don't never just take somebody's word for something. It's like, right. I can read the instructions on how to put something together and tell you how to put it together, but it might be the wrong way still because it's interpreted the wrong way. Yeah. Well, if right. you read it yourself and look at it, understand it, it's a different way. Uh, it gives you a little more chance to kind of like read it the way you want to think about it. Exactly. Cause everything, cause it's like in every, in every, everything in, in this world could be twisted to anything that people want to make it into. Right. That's so true. You know That's I mean? so true. Okay. Yeah. No, I love that. That's great. That's great. Um, my second to last question is, so for you, you have a lot going on. Obviously you're a competitive race car driver. You're about to own your own team. You have a lot of, you have a family, you have a lot of moving pieces. Do you have any tips, tricks, and really like, do you have any tools? Is it apps? Is it paper and pen? How do you keep track of all this stuff going on, goals, tasks, and how do you prioritize and, and keep track of what you got to get done? Every? Oh man, I, I tell you, it's, it never stops. Okay. So I mean, I think the best thing for me, the way I do, is that, of course, my iPhone is, is Siri is my personal secretary, okay? Yeah, so okay. a lot of things go in the calendar, a lot of reminders pop up, uh, notes, I always write notes down, things to do, because pen and paper, nobody keeps it in their pocket no more, they got their phone. Yeah. So my notepad is instrumental, because then I can tag it and actually put it on the calendar, uh-huh. I can do different things with it. And the coolest part of it is I'm a person that's constantly thinking and I don't remember things well. And I forget because there's so many things going on. Okay. When I put it in that note, I can flip it up and it clears my mind. And when my mind's clear, my thoughts are clear. Uh-huh. I'm more efficient and my process is clear. And when you write stuff down and you make yourself organized, man, when you start checking that stuff off the list, it's just that feeling that I have where it just makes me feel at ease because oh, yeah, I'm not, I agree. I'm not clogging this up. Yeah. It's like constantly and trying I, to get it all out of your head onto something. Yes. Right. And then, and then when people like talk to me, I can hear them better. Sure. I can observe better. Right. And, and a lot of people don't understand what that's all about. A lot of people don't understand why they're always stressed out. They're stressed because their hard drives overloaded up in their head. That and is so true. Yeah. And notes, this right here. That's the magic. All day long. That's that's the magic. You just go, boom. Like I'll show you close. You see oh, all there the dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see all those dots on that camera? You all got that stuff going on. Look at that. That's all stuff going on. Okay. I love it. And then look. And then notes. You see it? Oh things yeah. To do. Things to do. First thing. Love it. Things to do. Cause that's the one that constantly changes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's always changing. And so do you, do you then use that to like, do you have like, are you someone who does like yearly goals or just like, are you kind of just always having one big goal you're chasing? And it's changing all the time. The, you know what? Uh, I'll be lying to you. If I just always said I have one big goal, the goal evolves every day. It changes okay. every day. It, it evolves and changes with life. And yeah. uh, and for me, it's like my my goal is 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 to be better each and every day. To okay. be better. To Love be that. better. To grow. To be better. And what are you doing to be to be great today? Is when I wake up in the morning, I go, what am I going to do 
to be great today. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. every, cause everybody, if not, everybody goes through this rut in life where they go through that motion. They go mm. through the motions, right? They go through that deal where they go, Oh, I'm going to work day. Oh, I'm going to pick the kids up from school. Oh, I'm going to cook dinner. It's like, that's a life without feeling. Oh yeah. It's going through the motions. Like what are we going to do? And how are you going to be great today? The question is. Love that, Antron. That's powerful. You know, where, are you, where are you going to do to be different today to be than you different. were yesterday? Yesterday's yesterday. Today's a new day. Love that. That's good. You know, and it's yeah. opportunity. It's right in front of you. Opportunity's in front of you every day. How are you going to go get it? That is a powerful, that's a powerful message. I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I totally agree. I totally agree. You gotta, you're waking up with fire too, it sounds like, which that's, that's what a lot of people are trying to find. You got to find that passion. You got to find something that's going to get you out of bed. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> right? Right? Especially as we start to get colder and the, the fall is slowly and surely approaching us, right? Yes. Yep. I totally agree, my friend. I, I totally agree. Um, well, that is awesome. So that's, that was my last question. I can't thank you enough, Antron, for giving me the time. I know this is a busy week and U.S. Nationals kicks off this weekend in Indianapolis. So I'll be rooting you on. I'm pumped for you and the team. I'm hoping you guys uh, get the W this week. All right. And um, yeah, man, I can't thank you enough. Is there a, how, what's the best way for people to learn more about you, learn more about your team and what you're doing? Man, they can follow, just go on Instagram, Antron Brown TF, Antron Brown on Twitter. You can look at my, uh, you, you go to my website, www.antronbrown.com or www.abmotorsports.com. I mean, it's all there, man. I mean, and you can follow me day to day and I'm always giving some words of wisdom and dropping some stuff off. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, man. Hey, I already got the name for you. I even got the name for your show now, man. You do? What should it be? Look, well, you got Shane White, right? Shane White. What's your initials? SW. SW. You know what that means? Sure win, baby. Sure Sure win. win. (laughs) I love it. I love it. There we go. (laughs) That could be, that should be the new name. I like that better. I like it better. Tune in. The short win. <laughs> it does have a good ring to it, Antron. I will admit that's solid. Marketing college. Talk I know. I'm going to tra- I'm gonna have to trademark that now. Now this is out, out on the internet. Everyone's going to take it. That's right. <laughs> I got to take it, man. I got to lock that down. I need t-shirts. I need to do some merch. That's right. That's right, baby. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, Antron again, thank you so much, man. It was, it was a pleasure talking to you. i Thank you for taking the time today. I know you're a busy man, so I appreciate well, it. It's a lot of fun. Anytime. Well, thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, Antron. And good luck this weekend. I know you're going right. to do well. Thanks, Shane. Awesome. Thanks, Antron. All right. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everybody, to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I hope you guys loved today's episode with Antron Brown. He's a cool dude and a world champion, so couldn't be more happy to have him on the podcast. Thank you, Antron, for giving us the time. As always, in the post-show notes, I just got a few things to remind you guys on. Um, I have the link in there for Antron Brown, so if you'd like to check out you know, his uh, website, what he's up to, um, you know, 
check him out this weekend. He's got a, you know, the U S nationals, which is one of the biggest races of the year in Indianapolis. Uh, he will be taking part in and his first run will be on Friday. So I am planning on posting this on either Wednesday or Thursday. So it'll be right after this goes live. Um, as well as, you know, Antron and all the information I'll post about him as always, uh, the, the Robin hood stock market rebound or sorry, apologize. I combine the two there. There's two links. One is to Robin hood. Robinhood is the investing platform that I use. As always, if you click the link in the show notes, uh, you actually get a free stock by signing up. So a pretty cool deal. Robinhood is not a sponsor. I just love them. I use them for our investing and uh, free commissions, um, You know, no fees. It's, it's awesome. Second link, or probably the third link actually, will be the COVID stock market rebound tracker. This again is just my main way of keeping all the stocks in track that I'm paying attention to and that I'm looking to invest in or own. So if you're interested in, you know, starting your stock market journey or just want to get some fresh ideas, um, first start, start with the Robinhood link, get yourself a Robinhood account. It's free and you can start with, you know, a buck to get going today and then hop over to the COVID stock market rebound tracker and you can get some new fresh ideas for investing. So Thanks again, everybody, to listening to today's episode. Thank you, Antron Brown, for the time. Couldn't appreciate it enough, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will be back with another episode shortly. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.